Yeah. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of AM Minnesota. We have in studio a couple of gentlemen who are, well, they're kind of sports legends here. Terrible. I don't know how else to put it. We've got Brent Peruca to my left, and to his left, we have Franz Bolter. They're here from the Faribault Sports Hall of Fame. They're having their annual banquet. And thanks for coming in, gentlemen. Thanks for having us, Gordy. Yeah, it's, appreciate uh, it. It's always a pleasure to, to chat with you, whether it's on air or on the street or wherever it might be. So thanks for having us. Yeah, no question about it. It's the 32nd annual. Thanks to COVID, there were a couple of years that were missed, right? I think we missed two, correct. Yeah. yeah. Yep. 20 and 2021. Which meant that you had to wait two years. <laughs> <laughs> we inducted Gordy last year. Yeah, that was an awesome experience. It really was. Well deserved. I appreciate that very much. In any event, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about your new inductees, and you've got some really good ones here. Franz can really speak to one of these gentlemen very, very well. Right, Chris Palmer? Boy, was he a player. We'll cover him. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, it's uh, it's always a challenging meeting for our committee when we're reviewing all the names and nominations, so we just try to do our best to... To make sure we get the right fits, and uh, we appreciate all the nominations that that come in. Can I give a quick little detail on the front end about the banquet? Sure, absolutely. And then we'll get into some of the names. So yep. again, Friday, October twentieth, uh, having it at the Fairwell Golf Club this year. So mm-hmm. thanks to Clay and Tater and their staff out there for they're going to be good hosts. Uh, we always have a five o'clock social hour, six o'clock dinner, and then the uh, I'd say the best part of the program, Coach, is seven o'clock when the uh, members get inducted and share their testimonials and thoughts on, uh, I guess, their lives. It, it turns into more of a thank you and, and some, some fun stories, but that's always the, the highlight of the night for me. Absolutely. It, uh, you know, I've been coming to these for a long time, and uh, it's, I never get tired of hearing people's stories. And some of these people are great storytellers, and they've got a great story to tell, too. So. Absolutely. So people can still get their tickets. You bet. Yep. Uh, tickets, uh, you pick them up. Uh, I have got an office location, 1404 Northwest 7th Street. You'll see Fairbow Insurance, CWS, right on the sign. Stop in there. We have them there. You can shoot me an email, brent at cwsfbo.com, and we'll just make sure we're added to the list. So the tickets say RSVP by the 20th. That's kind of our poke and prod to try to get people to, to get their stuff in early, but we still have room available and uh, tickets are, uh, yeah, we, if you get in the next week or so, that would be great to, to get your name on the list. Do you know what's on the menu? Thinking we're having a taco bar or a fajita bar, something along those lines out there at the country club, always a, a, a good environment and yeah. a good way to... There were a few choices and I don't remember exactly which one we finally settled on, but it'll be good. Taco bar. Taco bar was yeah. what it was, yeah. No, I'm You're sure good. it will You're be good. delicious. <laughs> Got lots of room out there, too. Yep, yep. It's a great venue. Uh, they've done some nice improvements out there, and the staff out there are amazing. So thanks again to them for hosting us, and should be a fun night. So do you rotate this all the time? I don't remember. Well, it used to be a rotation among the service clubs. Uh, unfortunately, it seems like all or most of those have gone away. We were at the Elks last year, and they changed locations. We're a great host, but those don't have the capacity. So it's hard to find a venue with. You want to get a, hopefully a couple hundred people there, you know, celebrating with our, our guests. And there's not a ton in town that have that potential. So a little bit limited in space, but uh, we'll see where it goes every year. You're Legion a few times. 
waged a few times. We used to be at the KC Hall, which yep. doesn't exist right. anymore. Right. And, yeah. uh, so, yeah, like Brent said, uh, sites are disappearing. And so the selection is not quite as, as diverse as it used to be. No, but it'll still be an awesome banquet. Oh, it yeah. always is. Yeah. And what year did you go in, Franz? That's a good question, Gordy. Um, maybe 2000. 17, 18, 19, somewhere in there. Okay, how about uh, you, Brent? I got a program. I don't know. I graduated in 98, 2008, 2009-ish. So around, right when you were around, eligible. Around that time. Because the rules are 10 years yep. after you graduate, right? right? You bet. Right. 2008. If you're, yep. if you're coaching, they won't put you in until you're done coaching here in Faribault. So, Anyway. That's how those rules go. That's how it yep, goes. Yep, 10 years out. Yeah, that's the requirement. 10 years out of high school. Yeah, and, and active coaches, they want to make sure you're done with your coaching career and, and then you're eligible to be put in. Verbal uh, High School, Bethlehem Academy graduate uh, are the criteria. And 10 years out and send in your nomination forms and we'll uh, get them to the committee. We typically pick each class in the spring of the year. It, it takes a lot of time to put everything together, the tickets, the venue, the mailings, the letters, getting it out in advance. So we, we typically meet, uh, used to be when the snowbirds came back from Arizona, but we got a little bit early this year. So that was good to get a jump start on our selection process. And there's a pretty good list too. I mean, if you're thinking of, you know, is, is so-and-so been nominated or so on, just check with uh, Brent or a member of the committee. And uh, there, there's a lot of people on the list that deserve to go in, but I think typically uh, we were putting in, what, five to six per mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. and it's been a little more now the last two years to try to catch up for those years that uh, uh, that COVID uh, made impossible. So, anyway, Is there a, a physical list. place where the names of these people are listed? They're on a plaque down at the community center, I believe. I okay, that's where my dad goes and gets it. I think it's hung up down at the Faribault Community Center. So, yep, they're all listed on a, on a placard down there. All right. Yep right down there at the community center. We're going to talk more with these gentlemen and talk about the class of 2023. Class of 2023. It's hard <laughs> to believe. Don't even go there, Gordon. I know. <laughs> I know what it means. I know exactly what you're thinking because I'm thinking the exact same thing. Our opening market report is a service of, and now the question is, where did Jerry put the cheat sheet? It's not there. Not there. <laughs> it's here. Uh, KDHL Agri Boosters bring your opening market report. They include 321 fence, Faribault specializing in top quality fences for residential and commercial properties. Go to 321fenceinc.com. Start the countdown to your next fence project. Northland Buildings, quality post-frame construction. Go to northlandbuildings.com. Also, Craig Keller at the Keller Insurance Agency in Nearstrand. Craig helps protect all things that are near and dear to your heart. Soybean futures are mixed on Friday morning. Corn, cattle, and hogs are lower. I'm John Perkins with the Brownfield Market Update. The path to higher yields is now at your fingertips. Download the Stein Seed app today and access valuable in-depth agronomic information, their seed lineups, and more. Soybeans started modestly higher but have turned mixed, getting ready for the USDA's quarterly grain stocks report, expecting tighter supplies for the most part. 
U.S. harvest activities ongoing with a mixed outlook for rain over the next week. November beans are down two and a quarter at 12.98 and a quarter. January is one and three quarters lower at 13.17 and a half. October soybean meals down $11.70 on this first notice day at 3.8070, following some heavier than expected deliveries. October bean oils down 63 at 57.90. Uh, corns down. On average, analysts expect quarterly corn stocks to be above a year ago, with traders also watching the U.S. harvest pace there. Planning conditions in South America are mixed. December corns one and three quarters lower at 4.86 and three quarters. March is down two at 5.01 and a half. And wheat's lower, uh, mostly lower. The trade's expecting slightly lower quarterly wheat stocks and production numbers from the USDA. Depending on what happens this weekend with the federal government, this could be the last major set of USDA numbers we see for quite some time. December Chicago's three lower at 575 and three quarters. Taking profits, December cotton's down 71 at 88. November rice is 25 lower at 1588. Live and feeder cattle are lower on technical selling with October live down $1.82 at $184.67 and December down $2.15 at $188.27. November feeders are down $2.15 at $255.52. And yesterday's uh, USDA quarterly hogs and pigs numbers look a little bearish in the near term, but maybe a little bit bullish in the long term, depending on how you interpret those numbers. November soybeans are down $2.70 at $81.25. December leans $3.62 lower at $71.90. John Perkins. AM Minnesota on the Mighty 920 KDHL. Our other KDHL agri-boosters include TNW Towing, your heavy-duty towing and recovery experts. Yep, there are other uh, KDHL agri-booster. Again, this morning on our AM Minnesota program, we've got two uh, legends in the sports world here in the city of Faribault. You have Brent Perutka and you have uh, Franz Bolter. Franz, of course, is not from Faribault originally. I am from Wyndham. Wyndham, Minnesota. Wyndham, Minnesota. Wyndham Eagle. And Are you in the Wyndham Hall of Fame? No, I think they don't even remember me, Gordy. I doubt that. <laughs> I highly doubt that. But do they have a Hall of Fame? They That's do. the question. They do. Yeah, there's been some talk of it. They, like uh, a lot of places, they shut down for a bit, too. And so it's whatever. Uh, I was just a good player on a team that had a lot of good players. Uh, in all three sports. Well, I had a classmate nominate me last year for my high school Hall of Fame. I didn't get inducted. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. I was yeah. not a great athlete. I don't yeah. deserve to be in there. And he thought I did from my work here, oh, he said. Because yeah. yeah. he said, you go all over southeast Minnesota. Yeah. But. Well, let's get to these people here. Let's do that. All right. Uh, our first inductees. Uh, it's a husband-wife pair of uh, Ruth and Lyle Olson. I think anybody who is involved in Faribault Falcon Athletics uh, know Ruth and Lyle. Uh, they are tremendous volunteers, tremendous supporters, tremendous ambassadors uh, for Faribault High School and, and kids in general in the city of Faribault. Uh, Ruth also uh, had a nice career uh, coaching in uh, gymnastics in the mid-'70s. Uh, the Falcons were back-to-back uh, -back Big Nine champions in the mid-'70s. They also took third place in the state meet uh, in the 74-75 school year. Wow. She also was a great athlete in, uh, in college. She was a member of the, the Augsburg Hall of Fame. But uh, everybody knows Ruth and Lyle and are grateful for everything that they do. Uh, you mentioned Chris Palmer. Uh, Chris is a 2009 graduate of BA. He was a three-sport athlete in football, basketball, and golf. Excelled in basketball on uh, teams that won conference championships in 2007, 8, and 9. 
uh, and it culminated with a trip to the state tournament in 2009. Uh, he was All-State as a senior. He's a three-time All-Conference, a team MVP, uh, the all-time leading scorer and rebounder in NBA history. Uh, played in the NBCA All-Star game. And then collegiately at St. Mary's, uh, oh, really had so good. a good two-year start to his career there. Was named to the All-Freshman team in the, uh, in the MIAC and uh, finished in the top five in both scoring and rebounding as a freshman and then the top two in both categories as a sophomore as well as being named first team uh, All-MIAC as a sophomore. And, uh, and then he went on to, uh, he also played a little bit at River Falls. He also played football at BA, and he was an all-conference player and a team uh, defensive player of the year in football. Uh, I don't know. Brent, do you want to take a couple? or uh, I, can, I think, I I think you're going. doing a great job. Okay. I'll just chime in when <laughs> okay. you're... Uh, I'll keep going you, here. Greg you just, Camelli you just keep going on. is a 1982 graduate of uh, Faribault High School. He lettered three years in wrestling, uh, two years in football and track, and in his senior year, uh, the Falcons won the Big Nine Championship in wrestling. Were also state consolation champions. He individually wrestled in three state tournaments. He was the 1982 Faribault Wrestler of the Year, also the 1982 winner of the Faribault American Legion Athletic Award. And then he went to Augsburg College, where he lettered four years in both football and wrestling. Uh, in wrestling, the team was conference champs all four years. They also placed second and third nationally in 83 and 84. Um, in 1985, he was first-team all-conference. Um, he was conference champ in 84 and 85. He was a captain in 86, 87. And he was a, a NCAA Division III All-American in 84 and 85. So he had a great, great wrestling career. And it's always good to hear those Augsburg names as an Augsburg <laughs> alum. No bias there, but it's always good to hear. Yeah, that's two of them so far. Yeah, yeah I was thinking of that. He was the pioneer. Were... I think they have 14 national championships now in wrestling, so he was on the uh, the leading edge of that. Well, we'll say that Ruth kind of opened yeah, the door. Oh, she opened the door wide open. You bet. So, you bet. Uh, anyway, uh, next is Jesse Matthews Otto Fisher. Uh, she's a 2013 graduate of BA. She was a four-year starter and letter winner in volleyball and basketball and was also all-conference all four of those years. During those four years, uh, the volleyball team was conference champions all four years uh, and state champions in 2009, 2011, 2012. And in basketball, uh, their team was uh, state third place in 2013. Individually, uh, she was a volleyball captain for two years. She was all-conference four times, all-state uh, two years, uh, all-state tournament two years, uh, co-MVP in 2012, team MVP in 2013. Basketball, captain for three years, all-state and all-state tournament. Uh, MVP 2012 and 13, uh, BA's career leader in points, assists, and steals. Uh, she was a great high school player. I'd hoped to play in college, but due to the injuries, right. uh, she went to St. Mary's. St. Mary's had recruited her, but she just found out she couldn't do it, so they took her on as a student assistant for two years. The coach then got promoted. She went to UMD to be the head coach. Jesse went with her and was a, a two-year student assistant up there and then a grad assistant for a couple of years and then she got moved to the full-time assistant at UMD for two years. And in both of those two years, uh, they made a run into the national uh, NCAA uh, Division II tournament in both of these years that he coached, she coached. So anyway, uh, great career as both a player and a coach. 
Jim Anderson, and I've had, I don't know how many people ask, now which Jim Anderson is this? <laughs> yeah. There have been a few. <laughs> yeah. um, he is a 1977 graduate of Faribault High School, uh, three-year letter winner in football, one year in basketball, two years in baseball, but he really became a star in football. Uh, he was a two-time All-Big Nine performer uh, as a, uh, an offensive lineman. I'm sure he played defense, too. He, he was a captain and All-State player his senior year. And then he went to the University of Minnesota on a football scholarship as an offensive lineman. He played uh, for four years, earned a letter, was named a Williams Scholar for academic achievement, which is a big deal uh, at the university. And he uh, had the honor of being a teammate and probably a blocker for uh, Marion Barber, uh, a gopher great, uh, yep. who had also a successful NFL running, running back career. So... Um, yeah, quite a, cool. Yeah, quite a career, and I don't know how many verbal athletes have gotten Division One scholarships or opportunity to play at that level. So yeah. quite a quite a career and opportunity yeah, for Jim. Very impressive and uh, well deserved that we finally get him in there. Uh, Abby Rosso Samarja is a 1999 graduate of BA, and she's kind of going in as both a player and a coach. Um, she had a five. She was a five-year letter winner in volleyball, four years in softball, two years in golf. She really excelled in volleyball. Uh, she was, the, uh, in the time that she played, her team was conference champions in 96 and 97 and runner-up in 95 and 98. And at the time, they set a conference record with 38 straight wins, which then grew afterwards to 136 or whatever it was. But they got that started. Uh, she was a co-MVP uh, in 95. She was the MVP in 96. She was the assist leader in 95 through 98. And uh, interesting enough, uh, she was the setter for two current Fairville Sport Hall of Famers, uh, Nicole Hess and uh, Rhonda Novicheski, uh, at the time Trinka and, uh, and Tebow. But uh, she, all, those, all those balls came from Abby, and she probably had the best hands of any setter that we had. She was an undersized setter. You know, she was only about 5'2", five, 5'3", five, but great, great hands, great accuracy, and uh, those two were beneficiaries of that. Uh, she was named Best Server four times. She was a Hustle Award winner twice, and at the end of her career was BA's all-time leader in assists with uh, 2,394 and Ace Serves with 220. Uh, both of those have been eclipsed since then, but not by a lot. She finished her career with single-season records in both serve percentage, assists, and Ace Serves, and then she came back and coached for us. Uh, she was a, a middle school coach for three years and then a B-squad coach for eight years. And in those eight years, her teams were undefeated uh, B-squad conference champions. And at that time, she also was a varsity assistant for teams that won five state championships and two state runners-up. And she was an integral part of that. I've, I've always thought she would have been a great head coach, but she chose to uh, do some other things, and she's super successful in what she's doing now, and she and her husband, Paul, are just amazing people. Uh, Bill Nelson. Um, well, you could talk about Bill Nelson for a long time. Uh, just His high school career was at Hutchinson. He was a four-sport athlete, got 12 letters, and then he had a very decorated career at Texas Lutheran University, starting in track and field as well as football, and he's a member of Texas Lutheran University's Hall of Fame. Uh, he was an assistant football coach at, uh, at Fairville High School from 71 to 80, and then again from 88 to 99. 
Uh, he was also a legendary head coach in track and field for the Falcons from 72 to 81 and 88 to 89. Uh, he also coached both of those sports at several other schools in the middle of all that. Uh, he coached at Faribault a total of, with the assisting in football, head track, uh, eight Big Nine Conference championship seasons. In track and field, he coached over 100 Big Nine individual champions and over 100 all-state individuals. He was section coach of the year four times. And then he is known, he developed the first off-season and in-season sports strength, conditioning, and injury prevention program in the Big Nine, and it was second in the state uh, behind Apple Valley. Uh, and then started a huge track meet that had 100 participants, or 1,000 participants, and it actually gained national recognition in the 70s for being the first co-ed track meet to use metric measurements. So he's kind of a pioneer uh, in, in track and field and uh, certainly well thought of just as a coach overall. Yeah, and he was a longtime football coach, one of my coaches. I still use, anytime you got hurt, his acronym was RICE, you know, for when you got injured, rest, elevate, compress, uh, you know, and it's like I still use that with my kids, so it's uh, awesome. Uh, those memories stick with you. Uh, sure. That's awesome. And then uh, Luke Benoit, is that how you yep. pronounce yep. his yep. last yep. name? Yep. That's I right. You Luke, nailed I'm it. I'm sorry if I mm. forget, but I nope. uh, thought that was right. Uh, Dr. Luke Benoit, doctor, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, big doc. time doctor. We'll talk <laughs> about that here in a second. Um, but he was a highly successful golfer at Faribault High School, and he continued the golfing uh, just beyond belief. He was an NCAA Division Three national runner-up, at Gustavus in 2004. He has been the winner of 19 professional tournaments. He's a three-time All-American and an academic All-American. He has his Master's of Education in Kinesiology and a PhD in motor learning, focusing on golf swing. And uh, he is the Director of Instruction, current Director of Instruction at Interlochen Country Club in Edina and he's done extensive research in the head speed of a club, uh, which has led him to be the founder of the Ripstick, which is a tremendous golf tool that PGA professionals use, college teams, high school teams. And he's coached state champions, professionals on the PGA Tour, college players. He was named Golf Digest Best Young Teacher nine times. He was the Golf Digest Best in State twice. He was the MIAC Coach of the Year. He was the Minnesota PGA Coach of the Year. He's in the Gustavus Hall of Fame, and he has played four times in the National PGA Professionals Championship. And uh, I think if... In the, 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 I think we could all use some advice in this yeah. room, I guess. I, I know he could help we can hit him up for some well, lessons. If there is help for me, I know that he could help. So... <laughs> Uh, anyway, those are our eight inductees, and uh, actually nine with Ruth and Lyle. But uh, it's quite a list. Uh, these people really, really have done well. It's cool that you're putting Luke and, uh, I mean Luke, uh, Ruth and Lyle in together, right? As a couple, yeah. you can't separate them. Yeah, I think that's the first time, isn't it? First time since I've been around, yeah. but they're, uh, like yeah. you said, as far as a community standpoint, volunteering and uh, 
I didn't know all of our history at Augsburg. I didn't from that, either. That I didn't either. Until we got to learn a little bit more about that yeah. and in the Augsburg Hall of Fame. And yeah. you know, that's pre-Title IX or, you know, all that stuff. So yeah. quite an accomplishment. Yeah. I've known, I've known Lyle and Ruth from uh, our church and uh, found out that Lyle, he's kind of a southwest Minnesota neighbor out there. He, uh, he grew up in Jasper, Minnesota, and we know a lot of the same people from Jasper and Pipestone and so on. But... Uh, just, yeah, really salt-of-the-earth people. Uh, you can't find a better pair than, than Ruth and Lyle. No, absolutely not. we got a couple of thank yous. If we, I don't know, we got a sure. few minutes here yeah, left. You, you know, our, uh, our committee does a lot of work um, on this, and just like any good program committee, it, it takes a team effort, uh, you know, to put all this together. So uh, Tim Tuznot's on our committee, Franz Bolter, obviously, uh, my dad, Mike Perutka, Ken Hubert, Ruth Olson, Charlie Madsen, and myself kind of make up the, the board and the committee. So it's, uh, we thank them, and uh, we've been meeting at the chamber, so we thank them for allowing us to use their yeah. space as, as we get together. So it, uh, it takes a village, as they say. Well, I want to give credit to Brent, because he he's the horse that's pulling the wagon, and uh, the rest of us chip in wherever we can. But uh, he's really steering this thing, and he's doing a great job. Yeah, we just try to get it all together. And you've used sports legend a couple. I, that is not the case. <laughs> I'm saying that to Coach Bolter here. I'm I'm barely on the bottom of the uh, the, the totem pole. So that's it's, not it's true. always it's always I saw fun. you play from the time <laughs> you were very young. Yeah, you, you know what's fun in these meetings, and most of them are retired. I'm I'm still actively working and trying. But you know, with this committee, they all sit. They share stories among stories, and, you know, they it's most can't remember what they had for breakfast, but you tell them about a play from 1971, they can they can pull that right out of that uh, memory bank. and It's really fun because that's how our, our meetings end, and, and it's interspersed throughout, but the stories that everybody has, is, it's, it's really a fun <laughs> group. Yeah, well, we got a few minutes left, and I don't really want to single anybody out, but you did coach Mr. Palmer who has to be the most tenacious athlete I think I've ever seen. You know, it's funny, Gordy, you're not the first person to say that. And uh, in terms of, and we've had a lot of really good players. Right. But I, I think you have to put him at the top of the list. He plays hard all the time. All the time. And the guy is just a beast now. He, he has his own basketball school and academy that he runs during the summer with his three brothers. Cool. And, uh, you, you know, you talk about his tenacity. Billy, his older brother, also played for me. Well, that's true. Didn't put, didn't put those kind of numbers up. But I remember a coach telling me he chewed his team out at halftime because they kept letting Billy get to the boards. And Chris would tell you that Billy had a huge influence on how he plays. And the player said, Coach, he never stops moving. If you got him blocked out on one side, all of a sudden he's on the other side, and he knows that the ball's coming off on that side. And that's kind of the, the blood that came in that family, and all those kids have been really good players. Uh, Chris probably, you could say, was at the top, but now you got uh, Joe, who just finished a year out of Colorado yeah. State, I think. Yeah, I flipped him on one Saturday night, and there was Yeah, I think he's going Joe back Palmer. for uh, I believe he was year. I'm not here. positive, yep. but... Mm -hmm. uh, just all really good kids and good players, and uh, yeah, it's fun to fun to induct people like that. Yep, it was a lot of fun to cover them too. I mean, most of these, uh, some of them obviously are before my time, which led me to the question that popped in my head: if there's some old, you know, older athletes that people think are 
warranted of being in the Hall of Fame. Are you still taking those applications? Oh, definitely. And again, I've got nomination forms I can email out. We, we're not quite to the point where we have our own website. Maybe that's something if we uh, collect enough funds, we can build that in a database and, and have all the names out there. A good a good project for us to have. But nomination forms are, are at my office or reach out to any committee member. Um, we can get uh, those put together. And again, we typically review those each spring of the year. So uh, reach out and, and get those on the docket. Yeah, uh, the more names we have, like I said, with with uh, Mr. Hubert on the board and uh, Coach Bolter, there's a lot of history and, sure. and names that go out. But yes, we we don't know everyone, so nominations are are, are greatly needed to to keep this thing going strong. Well, and uh, I will say that the Faribault Sports Hall of Fame does a great job of dispersing the sports too. It's not just your major football, baseball, basketball, right? Volleyball, well, volleyball is a major sport yeah, in Minnesota. Be careful with that. <laughs> in Minnesota, it's a major sport. But I'm saying that uh, the so-called lesser sports like golf and swimming and yeah. gymnastics are recognized as well, and I like that. Absolutely. Yep. We don't, we don't uh, any good athlete, we've got some great uh, people that have done stuff post-high school. Maybe they weren't a good high school, but didn't uh, had something yeah. post-high school or uh, had a good coaching career or... Did something significant in the community, yeah, so there's got media people in there too. Like <laughs> well, yeah, like Morrissey. So. <laughs> you certainly didn't put me in for my jump shot. <laughs> We'd never seen it before, but if you'd like to display it, we would. Although come I, and watch. I, I did have a pretty good jump okay. shot. All right, the defense was my lack. Right, there you go. If I had it to do over again, Franz, I'd work harder on my defense. Uh, how many kids have told you that over the years? I was going to say, there's a lot of people who have that same <laughs> What do they story. say? Hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. That's, yeah, that's right. probably true that's on it. everything. I like that's that. I'm going to steal that from <laughs> you there, Brent. Thanks for coming in, guys, and good luck at the banquet. I can't be there. I have to be at a volleyball match, speaking of volleyball, but, but I'll be thinking of you when I'm doing the match. I might even blurt out your names during the match.